0: Thank you for listening to hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show. Nice to have you with us on 94.5 in Dayton, 98.9 in Columbus. The indictment of Donald Trump will be unveiled at 2.15 today. That is the uh, anticipation, at least. It's a crazy scene outside the uh, Manhattan District Attorney's Office. We've got all kinds of freaky costumes, and we've had our first altercation of the day. With a uh, large member, presumably, of the media, looked like a sound engineer, he's carrying a big microphone and a pack on his back, uh, accosting somebody who did something that he didn't like. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, Eric Adams, the mayor's uh, cautionary tale yesterday to uh, behave yourself uh, will not be heeded. He was targeting his, of course, at uh, conservative Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was supposed to speak today at a Trump rally right outside the courthouse.
1: We have no specific threats. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. I would take that as a threat
0: if I was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Why would you not take it as a threat when you're in New York to speak about the indictment of a former president? It's obvious if they'll go after him and Eric Adams is looking for you. I mean, he could have talked about militia members. He could have talked about a bunch of people. He singles out Marjorie Taylor Greene, which, by the way, Alan, did you see the Marjorie Taylor Greene feature on 60 Minutes Sunday night with Leslie Stahl doing the uh, assassinating?
1: I don't watch that. I, I, I don't watch local news. I don't watch network news. I listened to Bruce Woolley. Yeah, well, hold <laughs> on. I listened to my friend, Bruce Hooley. That might explain why you're such an angry
0: man. At any rate, I'm not kidding. The interview began with Leslie Stahl saying, here are some of the things that people say about you. Crazy, unhinged. I mean, she went on, like, called Marjorie Taylor Greene like a bunch of
1: names. Well, she couched it by saying, here's what... It's what
0: people say about you. And I, I looked at Marjorie Taylor Greene, and, you know, I'm not a body language expert, but I could be like, that that hurt her to hear those names. She's heard it all before, and that was her answer. She said, I've heard all that before. doesn't have an impact on me. Well, it does have an impact on you. Anybody who says, I don't care what people think, very few people actually don't care what people think, okay? I'm not sure if anybody really, truly doesn't care what people think.
1: I care what everybody thinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the interesting part of this was Leslie Stahl starts with, here are all the ugly labels people put on you. And then, not five minutes later, in the interview, Leslie Stahl said, you know, you've called people this and this, and you've said this about this. And, And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you don't get to play both ends of that, you know, beating against Marjorie Taylor Greene. You don't get to start by saying... Here are the names people call you, and how dare you call people names. This is another instance of how dishonest our media is, how dishonest our presidential administration is, how dishonest academia is. The whole shooting match is dishonest. And anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to be there at the Trump indictment today, and we'll add to, I am sure the uh, portion of the proceedings that will be condemned tonight on virtually every network. Now, uh, today's an important day in the state of Ohio. It is the first day where it has become illegal in most circumstances to use a cell phone or electronic device while you are driving. Yes, the nanny state has arrived and advanced a bit more. Now, I know... Texting while driving is bad, and I know that you need to not do it, and all these kinds of things. And I'm not advocating for it. But here's the reason I don't like this law. It's the same reason I don't like the effort to ban TikTok in Congress. I have arrived at a point in my life where I understand that the stated objective of a law, the need for a law, may be authentic and necessary. But what the law will then allow, or the offshoots and tentacles of said law, is not a bargain I want to enter into. I was all in on the Patriot Act and all those things that we did after 9 100% all in. Do it! Well, all those things were used by the Justice Department to listen in on the Trump campaign, to investigate parents going to school board meetings. The Patriot Act, noble though it was, and I believe it was noble, has been used, has been expanded, has been stretched to do things that are decidedly un-American. So, You are driving around, and you don't even touch your phone, but you pick up a drink in your car to drink a beverage. Well, now that distracted driving is against the law in the state of Ohio, it is not outside the bounds of possibility that an officer will pull you over because he wants to pull you over, because he doesn't like you, or he doesn't like the bumper sticker on your car, or whatever. There's nothing off the table in this partisan era. And, he can, and you can say, uh, even if you said, I don't even have a cell phone. I don't even have a cell phone on me. I saw you pick up your cell phone. No, you didn't. I didn't pick up my phone. There's my Or my phone's over on the seat. Look at it. See when the last text I sent or whatever. It can be used, this law can be used as a reason to stop you by a police officer. And I don't believe there are a bunch of bad police officers, but there are some bad police officers, just like there are some bad talk show hosts bad journalists and bad everything there are bad people in every walk of life and i just don't like the idea that they can pull you over for something like having a cell phone in your hand
1: i don't like it yeah it's my brother and i were on the phone last night he called me were I, you were you driving
0: was you celebrating your last night my, of being able to do that drive and hold your phone
1: <laughs> i was on my cell phone in my house he was on his cell phone in his truck and he's he's a law enforcement he works security. Yeah. Um and he was talking about this is so much probable cause can be mm-hmm. invoked on all this That's and stuff exactly like that my concern. It, yeah
0: it, it, it's i hate to sound conspiratorial i hate to sound conspiratorial i hate to sound like i don't trust police officers because i do trust police officers and i tell my kids to trust police officers and i think we'd be much better off as a society if all citizens trusted police officers or their go to viewpoint of a police officer was one of trust not mistrust
1: there's a 30-day grace period i
0: think Eh, six months or whatever they're supposedly not going to ticket you but here's what it makes legal and what it says you can't do you cannot use hold or physically support a cell phone while you were driving (laughs) i have no idea what what were they going for with it you can't use or hold a cell phone and somebody in the legislature goes uh you can't physically support it either like why is that in there what does that mean you can't lean it up against your head. You can't, like, cradle it. I wasn't holding it. I wasn't using it. I was just cradling it. Is that physically supporting a cell phone in your between the crook of your shoulder and your ear?
1: I, I, and that Who knows? It's lawyer speak.
0: Uh, the law comes with some exceptions. If you are stopped at a red light, you can apparently pick up your cell phone. You can use the speakerphone function without holding the phone. Okay, I have a question. How do you turn a speakerphone on without touching the phone? Can that be done? Not on my phone. It's magic. You cannot... Wait a minute. The exceptions are if you're stopped at a red light, using the speakerphone function without holding the phone, or holding phones to their ears for calls, but not using texting or typing functions. You tell me. You're going down the road. You pass a police officer. You're holding the phone to your ear. You tell me you're not getting stopped for that? You, of course, are getting stopped for that. And you're going to have to have an argument over, I wasn't texting or typing. I was just – so you are allowed to hold the phone to call. What if the guy stops you and he goes, you were texting? No, I wasn't. I was calling someone. I was punching in like 937, blah, blah, blah.
1: They will be able to check your phone at that point. That's how they're, I don't like
0: that idea either. I know. It's – A little invasive. It is recommended that drivers pull over to a safe location and park their cars if they must use devices. Yeah. Has anybody ever driven on 270 in the morning at around 8 o'clock? Anybody? Huh? Anybody ever tried to get on the stupidly engineered two lanes down to one in Dublin taking 33 to 270 north? What moron designed that? Hey, I have an idea. Let's let everybody think we have two lanes and then we'll... On the curve where no one can see it, reduce it down to one. Brilliant idea, highway designers. I just don't I don't like the law. I don't like it. I know it's meant to keep us all safe. You can say, well, do you wear a seatbelt? Yes, I wear a seatbelt. I get it. I know you're going to tell me you've had an aunt or an uncle or somebody who was, you know, killed in an accident by a distracted driver. I get it. I understand it. I'm just saying I don't like it because I think it can be used for nefarious purposes. And you mark my words, Alan, how long before we have a dispute about a driver and a police officer that escalates because it began with the officer using Ohio's new distracted driving law to pull that person over? How long? Anybody want to set the uh, over under on that? One month? Will it happen in the first month? Will it happen in the first three months? I bet it will. So last night is the first time in my lifetime that I remember, going back to my earliest childhood memory, that I did not watch one second of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship game. Not one second. I knew it was on. I just didn't care to watch it. No interest. Zero zip, not a none. Why? Uh, Because officiating has ruined basketball. Officiating has ruined basketball. But you know what? Basketball has not ruined the state of Ohio's ability to make lots of money. According to a story from uh, 10TV.com, Ohioans have gambled more than one and three quarter billion dollars on sports since the beginning of the year, and those numbers do not include the amount wagered on March Madness. Now, this is the number that caught my eye, and I quote from the 10TV online report, the taxable revenue pulled in for the state is more than $208 million. Okay, so let me do a little thinking out loud here. If the state has pulled in $208 million from sports gambling and those numbers do not include the amount of money bet on March Madness, which is a three-week endeavor, I would presume that there has been additional coinage wagered on March Madness. And yet the opponents of school choice in the state of Ohio— The teachers' unions, Columbus City Schools, Cincinnati City Schools, Dayton City Schools, Dayton Public Schools, Cleveland Public Schools, all contend that the money is not there to fund school choice in the state of Ohio without any income restrictions on people like they have done in Florida, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Idaho, Missouri, did I say Iowa? If I didn't, Iowa, Arizona. It seems to me the money is there. If they are making in two and a half months, the state of Ohio is making $208 million.
1: What about the lottery?
0: Off of this. Yeah, I don't even get to the lottery. Because, of course, we've had the lottery for a long time. and Heaven knows we can't afford school choice in those years. Uh, So, just thought, that number jumped off the page at me. Jumped off the page at me. That... The state of Ohio has brought in $208 million, its share, of the amount wagered on sports gambling in the state of Ohio. Um, that's a big number. To me, that is a big, big, big number. Now, sports, not me, but sports and beer go together, right? Sports and beer. Guys want to watch a game. They want to have a beer. Uh, I'm not a marketing expert but I'm going to play one on the radio. And I'm going to go out on a limb, a rather sturdy limb, I believe, that would support my weight and the weight of thousands of others. In saying that, if you are Bud Light, Alan, have you ever seen any Bud Light commercials on any of the sporting events you've watched over the years?
1: Uh, One or two million.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Big sponsor of NASCAR, big sponsor of the NFL, big sponsor of just about everything, Bud Light. Uh, Bud Light has a new... A uh, brand ambassador. Would you like to know who Bud Light's new brand ambassador is?
1: I've seen a big dust-up on social media about some girl.
0: Uh, no, not about some girl. About some pretend fake faux girl.
1: Oh, okay. That's Dylan
0: what... Mulvaney. Oh, okay. Dylan Mulvaney, who is a caricature of a woman because Dylan Mulvaney is a dude. Oh. Uh, but Dylan Mulvaney is now a Bud Light spokesperson After the beer makers celebrated Dylan Mulvaney's 365 days of girlhood. That's right. Dylan Mulvaney has been a woman in Dylan Mulvaney's delusional mind for just a little more than one year. And Dylan Mulvaney has accomplished a lot in one year as a fake woman. He has met with Joe Biden at the White House, he has received a congratulatory letter from Kamala Harris. And Dylan Mulvaney has acquired endorsement deals with a whole host of uh, major corporate entities. Crest Toothpaste, Kate Spade Women's Fashion Wear, and now Bud Light. Uh, Why would Bud Light think that having Dylan Mulvaney as a corporate spokesperson... As a brand ambassador, would further the Bud Light brand? Because I will, again, step out on that very sturdy limb and say, this will not help Bud Light sales. There are those who say, well, Bud Light has been masquerading as a beer for years, so I guess it's appropriate that they have someone who is masquerading as a woman, as a brand ambassador. I cannot vouch for the fact that Bud Light has been masquerading as a beer because I've never sampled the swill that is uh, contained in its cans. But I do not find this to be something that will attract buyers. On the whole, there might be some transgender people who will say, hey, Bud Light's my beer. But there will be far more people who in the past bought Bud Light because it is, as beer goes, exceedingly affordable. Certainly not exceedingly tasty, I am told, by experts in the field. And I would guess this will be a net negative for Bud Light. Um... Dylan Mulvaney, for his part, say that the cans of beer bearing his likeness, and yes, I am intentionally using the right pronouns, not the preferred pronouns of Dylan Mulvaney, but the right pronouns, uh, are his most prized possession. I bet not. I bet that's a lie. (laughs) But then again, it wouldn't be the first one Dylan Mulvaney's told us, would it? Uh, The video... On Instagram of Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light features Mulvaney in a bathtub drinking Bud Light. You better believe that's a video I will not spend any time finding or watching. What about Anheuser-Busch's statement on this lunatic decision on the part of someone that works at his company? Anheuser-Busch works with hundreds of influencers across our brands as one of many ways to authentically connect with audiences across various demographics and passion points. (laughs) You've got to be a woke idiot to, like, use phrases like authentically connect and passion points. From time to time, we produce unique commemorative cans for fans and brand influencers like Dylan Mulvaney. This commemorative can was a gift to celebrate a personal milestone. (laughs) One year as a fake woman and is not for sale to the general public. How much you want to bet Dylan Mulvaney has those on eBay right now?